Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute. I'm your co-host, Tyranny Steele. As always, Mike Carlucci. And today we are talking about Minute 6 of the 1985 film, Return to Oz. Minute 6 starts with Dorothy ending her sentence from last minute. So the key was sent to her on a shooting star. And it ends with Aunt Em heading for the house. And in between, we have one of what I think is one of the scariest minutes. Although I don't think a lot of people from our generation would agree with me. But do, do you want to start us off? Do you have any pressing notes to get off your chest? Uh, in this minute, Aunt Em insists that Dorothy knows what they talked about. She has been talking about Oz. She hasn't been sleeping through the night. She's no use to Aunt Em in the mornings because she's so tired, because she can't sleep, because she thinks about Oz. And Aunt Em told Dorothy, stop talking about Oz. It's all in your imagination. Shut up, kid. Uh, and then Aunt Em has a pretty great rant about what's gone wrong since the tornado, which destroyed the house. Uh, they are now rebuilding a house, but it's not done yet. It might not be done in time for winter. The farm is gone. Everything's awful. They never had a mortgage before. Now they might need to. And Uncle Henry is a lazy bum. Yeah, Aunt Em is, uh, she seems relatively upset. After being kind of collected in the beginning of the movie, like, she's, she's just, she's just mad. This is where that line in the script about, like, rough around the edges that you read off in her, her description when we meet her really hits home for me. She is just at her wit's end, and we get one of the best responses in the movie. Because in her ramp, she turns and we see the half-completed house, which, as we discussed, half-completed incorrectly. Um, and Uncle Henry's just sitting in the framework. And she has this great sigh. And then Dorothy turns back from looking at Uncle Henry sitting there. And Aunt Em goes, he broke his leg, Aunt Em, in the most, like, exasperated <laughs> voice of, like, Sticking up for Uncle Henry, and it's really great. Yeah, and it's um, it's odd because he seemed to be moving around the house fine the night before, and now he's just sort of just lying down, like yeah. some. Sure, maybe he can't build the whole house himself, but also. Again, last minute we confirmed that neither of us are farmers, and this minute I will confirm that neither of us are architect construction site heads, but you don't build a house alone regardless of how well both your legs are working. It takes more than one person. And, and that actually brings us, uh, brings us to the script. So, page six... Uh, the conversation is a little bit different. Oh. They do talk about Dorothy not being of any help. Then, uh, you know, her friends are in trouble. And Aunt Em says that we're in trouble, Dorothy. We've lost the old house and the cyclone. We've had to lay off the hired hands. The crops aren't half of what we have a right to expect. And then she talks about the mortgage. So, basically, the hands that in the original movie turned into the scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion. 
her friends who were there to welcome her home. They fired them. They're now wandering rural Kansas with no jobs as winter approaches. Yeah, and as we know, there are no other houses in the area. The town is gone. So, poor... I don't remember what their names are. I'm sure one of them is named Jack. Come on, it has to be, right? Um, Yeah, this is a really bleak movie. (laughs) Although, this rant always does make me think of in the original Ghostbusters when she says, like, we never had a mortgage, now we might have to have two. I'm like, everybody has two mortgages now. I was born in that house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, now I'm thinking about Dan Aykroyd, and it's making me very hard not to laugh at this very sad minute. (laughs) Um, This is actually the minute that originally made me think, how come before this I've never wondered what happened to Dorothy's parents? And that sent me down a rabbit hole of what happened to Dorothy's parents that let's let's try and not get too down or bleak although this minute isn't helping us of thinking about that again um let's see yeah what what happened to Dorothy's parents and oh I did have another note about this minute specifically because it bothered me throughout the movie when I was watching it and then I kept trying to justify it to myself. And, and let me explain here. Um, not to stereotype, but I'm assuming you as a guy have not read Anne of Green Gables a bunch of times. That is correct. Ah, okay. All right. So, as all readers of Anne of Green Gables know, those puff sleeves they're wearing are very expensive. There is an entire plot point around puffed sleeves in Anne of Green Gables and how you can't be frivolous and spend the money on extra fabric to make them. And I really tried to justify it later with, well, they go into town. She's seeing the doctor. That's why her dress looks like that. And now I'm like, wait a minute. Aunt Em's coat that she's wearing working on the farm has them. So this is very inaccurate costuming for a poor family on the verge of disintegration i don't know (laughs) clearly aunt em had a walk-in tornado proof basement closet where she kept all her finer goods (laughs) and that's what survived so she's like hey whatever i'll wear my gown Uh, gown on the the farm auntie m is the willie scott of this movie (laughs) um these americans are always overdressing for the wrong occasions (laughs) well played I have, uh, I have an update from Google. All right. We have Hunk, a.k.a. the Scarecrow. Oh. Zek, or Zeki, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the Cowardly Lion. And Hickory, the Tin Man. Hickory was played by Jack Haley, so there was a Jack involved. Okay, okay. I'm shocked I couldn't remember. Hickory, Hunk. I've already forgotten the other name that you just said. Zek or Zeki? Zeki. Okay. Uh, Z-E-K-E? Zeke. Zeke. There we go. Uh, I'm clearly up on my 1800s names. That's okay. Um, I co-host another Movies by Minutes podcast on The NeverEnding Story, and I had to read off all the um, production names in the opening credits. 
including all the German ones. So if you would like to hear me butcher that language, check that out. <laughs> it, was, it was a stressful time. Uh, yeah, no, those, those guys are great, and I'm really sad to think that they're just, like, uh, all grapes of wrathing it right now. <laughs> okay, so if we're going to go off track a little bit. Uh, when do we ever do that? So Margaret Hamilton, who, who played Miss Gulch slash the Wicked Witch of the West, her IMDb photo is her wearing a witch's hat. And Frank Morgan played not just Professor Marvel in The Wizard of Oz. He also played the gatekeeper. I guess that's nobody knows, nobody sees the wizard. Yeah. Not nobody, not know how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He played the carriage driver. So I guess he's... So that's the horse of the different color guy? Yep. And he played the guard. He was very busy. He played five characters, four of whom are in Oz. Unless the gatekeeper and the carriage driver are in... There was no no gatekeeper. They're they're Oz. They're the Emerald City. Yeah, and it's funny because they do... Now that I'm thinking of their lines, they do all have similar voices. So maybe we're just supposed to think that these are, like, relatives? They're, they're similar? That's why they sound alike and look alike? Yeah, I always... They're not quite. I always thought it was just, you know, um, like, 1930s accent and... Yeah, uh, see! Yeah, that's what we're gonna do, everybody! See! Here! Like, that... I just thought it was the style of speech. I didn't recognize that they were, they were them. That, that goes on to a whole different thing. Like, is he, has he always pretended to be all those people? No one sees the wizard, but the oh. wizard he works as the gatekeeper, the carriage driver, the guard, but no one's seen the wizard himself. But he's been keeping up amongst the people by doing these other low-level jobs. I mean, this is just a total um, Jasmine and Aladdin situation. <laughs> he just wants to go be one of the people. And that uh, would explain how he knows so much of what's going on. Yeah. Wait, so he, he's he's Jasmine in this situation. He's not Prince Ali. Or he's Jasmine and he's Prince Ali. He's all of them. He's every major character <laughs> that we meet in the Emerald City. I I was the gang of Jasmine when she first slips out. But I, I guess you could also make the argument that it goes the other way, yes. Because maybe the gatekeeper's pretending to be the Wizard of Oz. I mean, it, that argument works both ways. I... I I could concede that. I can see the people of Oz not realizing he's the wizard. Yeah. But no one realized that the gatekeeper and the guard are the same guy? Like, that no one's watching the gate when someone's driving a horse? No one ever figures this out in Undercover Boss, so, I mean, it's just like that. The Wizard of Oz actually has an 8-pack. Undercover Boss Oz edition. That's exactly what's happening here. Yeah, I guess I did always take it as everyone kind of looks and sounds alike because they're all, not all related, but they're all the same people. Like, all the munchkins are kind of similar. So, all right, sure. So, all the people who live in the Emerald City are kind of similar, too. But, yeah, that's wild that he had four roles. Or five roles in one movie. 
Man, he was really... Whoever cast him should get, like, bonus points for salary savings. I'm I'm reading through all of... Now, I'm reading through all of the IMDb page for The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And there's... There are a number of people credited as Ozmites. Like an Ozmite. Oh, I, guess I don't that, like that. That must be the citizens of Oz. I mean, it must, but it... I'm, I'm not shocked I don't remember those three from the original, their names, but it does make me sad to think that they were laid off originally in the script. And I think her rant still works of, it's just... It, it's, it's a rant, it keeps going, it gets it across. I, maybe they decided that was too sad to have in the final film, but either way, it, it's, this isn't a happy minute. Sorry, folks. Um, this is a minute that always embodies what scared me the most about this movie, because we're going to get to some fantastical magical elements that scared a lot of people that I was like, well, yeah, it's supposed to be scary. Why, why can't you sleep? What are you talking about? But as a kid who had a very active imagination and trouble sleeping, this whole, you make up a lot of stories and haven't slept through the night, so I'm taking you to a doctor thing was very problematic for me. And I just want to maybe suggest some sleepy time tea instead and not traumatizing Dorothy further by taking her to the doctor. But that's just me. Spoiler alert, the doctor's going to be scary. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's, it's Aunt Am after all, and this is, yeah, forget that. Um. <laughs> you know, forget, you can't forget exposition on TM. She is really giving us the whole catching up because most people watching this don't have the script in front of them to give them all these little details. And I mean, to this point, I was going nuts trying to figure out how long it had been since the tornado, what exactly was going on. And in less than 60 seconds, she just lays it all out for you. Here's where we are. Here's what's wrong. And here's what's going to happen next. Standing up, going to the house with my not fresh washed eggs. If we want to think back to the parallels between Dorothy Gale and Luke Skywalker. Go on. They, so that if they could only hire a few more hands, I mean, the crops would be taken care of. The house could be built. If, if Uncle Henry only had a little floating chair and had freed Shmi, little bit too early, but you know what I mean? The way he's sitting in that chair, staring off, injured, but some people claim he's not injured, which, if you listen to Star Wars Minute, is a very fun conspiracy theory to think of. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what Shmi said, but... Uh, oh, I, I thought... You had to do that, didn't you? I thought he was more of the Uncle Owen, right? Because yeah. Uncle Owen wanted to hire more hands. Yes. And Aunt well, Beru... She doesn't, uh, she doesn't needlessly wash eggs, but she does kind of puree celery or something. Now, see, I would flip this. I read much more 
Auntie M is Uncle Owen, and Uncle Henry is Aunt Baru. And actually, this ties into... So, I recently read the graphic novel version of Ozma of Oz that Marvel, Disney, <laughs> all the money owns and put out. And it's really great. I really recommend it. I will post um, the information so you guys can find a copy in our Listener Society on Facebook. And uh, Ozma of Oz is different because, as I mentioned, this movie is smashing up two different stories that didn't have anything really to do with each other. And in the beginning of Ozma of Oz, Dorothy is actually going to Australia with just Uncle Henry. So she and Uncle Henry have a much tighter bond in the book and are very buddy-buddy and looking out for each other. And the way she stands up for him here to Aunt Em made me think that Uncle Henry is the sympathetic one and Aunt Em is the all business time to go negotiate with some Jawas one. The wizard's just a crazy old man. It's, I mean, I can absolutely picture her saying that. Don't talk about Oz because it doesn't exist. The force isn't real. I mean, this is, I, I think the Uncle Owen is Auntie M. And Uncle Henry's stuck in the house. As you do. Learning bocce. Yes. It's all coming together. I love it. I love it a lot. Anytime I can make a Star Wars reference, I am pleased. Uh, Let's see what else I had for this minute. Auntie M is insisting that Uncle Henry's leg is mended. It's been mended. We don't really have any evidence. As you said, he was able to get around in the house, but he we only saw him going from the doorway to go sit down in a chair. So I don't know if, who we're supposed to believe. I mean, I think I think we could could expect, given the state of the house and his general ability to walk and stand. He could be doing more than just sitting in a chair. Well, like he could yeah. he could be putting up some walls at the very least. Maybe he's not climbing and doing the second story. But they could finish framing off the house so that if they when, were building their house correctly, he would actually be able to do a lot more. Oh, that's unless, so, so bothers me. Unless Aunt M is the one who actually built the house. I feel like Aunt M would be too practical to not only have put up the siding on the half of the house that's done, but painted it. And yet the other half is in no way beyond the basic framing with two by fours. Maybe it was a contest. They each built half the house. Ah, I love it. I love it. Never mind. That's what happened. Aunt Em finished hers. Uncle Henry broke his leg. He probably fell off the top because he was trying to build the top of the house. Now, see, I read this as he broke his leg. I guess he didn't break his leg during the storm. Because at the end of The Wizard of Oz, we see him and he's definitely not in a cast. 
But for some reason, I... Oh, wow! I'm having a realization on air right now that I just assumed he broke his leg in the storm. We don't know how he broke his leg. Or when. And that's Maybe. weird, because I love that line so much. Sorry, please go ahead with your idea. Oh, I was thinking maybe when he told told Huck and Hickory <laughs> to, to scram, <laughs> they, they got into a bit of fisticuffs. The last revenge of Hickory, Huck, and Zeke. <laughs> oh, man. I would like to think that if they were sent packing, they did. Oh, my God. Remember how bothered I was that the barn was burned? And I was like, yes. that's not what tornado damage did? Can we, like, retcon this where they basically, they're the ones that destroyed the farm? Ooh. Because, 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 I was saying, it always bothered me, the, the transition between the two movies, because at the end of The Wizard of Oz, she wakes up in her bedroom, and yeah, there's been a tornado, and obviously there's been some damage, but, like, she's in her house, it's fine. And then in this movie, it's, that house was destroyed. Everything was destroyed. And so I really love this idea that, like, it actually was the fired farmhands that took out, you know, the tornado destroyed the crops, so they had to fire the farmhands who then destroyed the farm. I mean, it's just as valid as anything else. It's all coming together. <laughs> It, but at least in the at least in the script, we did get some closure on why why the three of them are still running a farm with no crops and no animals. <laughs> Even if they get the house built, what are they going to do all winter? Like just eat eggs? I mean, the the chickens will have to be. Where are the chickens going to be raised? No, you put them um uh in in the. Well, in the barn, but... The barn is gone. They could... They really should have something, like, attached to the house so that you're getting some of the heat from the house. Onto, like... that, Like, because she looks in that little hen house for the egg. That should be, like, right up against the foundation. I think. So they would still have eggs. And let's face it, I don't think Auntie M would hesitate. They could still have chicken. But that's not, I mean, they're going to have scurvy out the wazoo by the end of the winter. Yeah, this is, I, I'm beginning to think that perhaps the makers of this film knew just as much about farming as we do. <laughs> this movie was written by two suburban kids, folks. <laughs> There's a lot of loose ends. I mean, obviously the focus of an Oz movie is Oz. Mm -hmm. uh, they probably just want you to get through, as you said, exposition M. Mm -hmm. And, you know, get, get to the main plot. But there's a lot that doesn't make sense here. I like it. Sorry, I'm distracted. I need to stop saying folks at the end of everything. But I like talking to people in my computer. Uh, I like it a lot more than Auntie M likes her life right now. <laughs> she is not a happy woman. Yeah, and 
either her sister or whoever donated Dorothy to them. Donated Dorothy? I don't think that's how adoption works. Oh, no, I meant um, if, her sis- if her sister or Henry's sister just pawned Dorothy off onto their respected sibling. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, Garnet, perhaps. I like that the most just because... That's such a, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, her mom's name is Garnet. Get it? Garnet? Uh, which, you're right, we analyzed that line. It actually makes perfect sense if it's not her, but I will always in my heart want to believe that. Sorry, I'm being distracted. A little peek behind our curtain. We're all the same person. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're recording this and people are constantly flashing things up on my phone. Like, Wonder Woman was awesome. I'm like, oh, I know. That's why I told you to go see it. Okay. <laughs> I'll turn that over so it is not so distracting. It was pretty awesome. Oh, it's so good. But, but this is a Wonder Woman minute. I, I will restrain myself. Uh, we have a kick-ass female protagonist in this movie as well, so we will... I think we'll, we'll get to see her do a little bit more next minute, right? Just a little bit. Oh, yeah, we still got a little bit before Dorothy's big action scenes where she fights and has a lasso and a sword and saves the world and some of those things may not appear in this film. Yet. <laughs> spoiler alert. Can it be a spoiler if you, if you make something up? <laughs> you can't spoil my imagination. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's all I've got for this minute, clearly. <laughs> Do you want to start us off to close out this time? Weog. Tiog. Yeah.